Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hi there, I'm Lawrence Delalio, host of the Evening Standard Rugby Podcast, brought to you in partnership with QBE Business Insurance. The show is available to listen to now and across the Six Nations as Europe's elite go head-to-head in rugby's oldest international competition. Each week, we'll be looking at the QBE predictor, which forecasts the results of each round of matches. QBE is one of the world's leading insurers, and they will help your business build resilience through risk management and insurance solutions. Subscribe now and download wherever you get your podcasts. As always, thanks for listening. From the Evening Standard in London, I'm Mark Blunden and this is The Leader. Are you among the legions of employees who've spent the pandemic year wedged in a spare bedroom or camped out at the kitchen table? The Office for National Statistics kicks off this working week with research showing that nearly half of London's employees have been WFH since Covid struck. That's far more people avoiding the office commute than anywhere else in the United Kingdom. The Standard's consumer business editor, Jonathan Prynne, has been covering this story in Monday's paper and online. Jonathan, what's the significance of the report and what are your takeaways? One of the key findings that I thought was very interesting was that whereas working from home tended to be associated with people on slightly lower wages before the pandemic, since the pandemic started, that's flipped right round, and the people working from home are now likely to be on above average wages. And, and I, I guess what that reflects is that some of the very highest paid groups of, of workers in, in, in very well remunerated industries, such as tech, finance and the city, advertising and, and some of those professional industries that are very, very closely associated with London in particular, they're the ones that that almost went, you know, biggest, they converted the, the, the quickest and, and the most sort of wholeheartedly to working from home. So particularly the city where financial workers who would have slogged into offices in, in the Square Mile or Canary Wharf five days a week are now working from their kitchen tables or their studies or on days like this, maybe from their terraces five days a week. So, and of course, they are highly paid workers. So the status of, of people who work from home in, in terms of reward has, has changed dramatically. I thought that was interesting. What about how people work? Has that changed too? The ONS have done some very detailed analysis of, of the working day for people who work from home. And what it shows is that initially, back in April, people um, generally stuck more to their sort of work pattern of, their, of their, their office working day, maybe a little bit later to start, but not, not hugely. That has drifted further back into the day as the year has gone on. So by September, the average start time had drifted out to 10.45 compared, you know, an hour later than they'd be, than they'd be starting in the office on average. But also, equally, at the other end of the day, their working days drifted out into the evening in a way that perhaps those of us who have worked from home 
recognize that if you're working from the office, there is a natural cutoff point when you leave the office and you board your train or your underground, your tube, whatever to go home. That is a natural cutoff point. When you're working from home, you don't have that natural cutoff point. And it's very easy just to sort of drift on an extra hour or two hours or whatever into the evening, finishing stuff off or getting things ready for the next day. So I, I thought that was very interesting. That sort of chimed with the experience I've heard with uh, a lot of people who work from home, that actually the difficult thing is just putting your computer down and calling it a day. But have our working habits changed for good or will it be back to normal by Christmas? I do think the appetite for people to go back to the office five days a week um, has has gone forever, particularly maybe for people who've got longer and, and more stressful commutes. I just can't see that happening. Uh, I, I And I think employers will recognise that. Um, and there are some benefits for employers as well. They can reconfigure their office space more more cheaply, more, more efficiently in, in town. Right. And what about the fate of London's food and drink sector, all those sandwich shops and independent cafes that rely on commuters popping in en route to the office? I don't think there is a lot of good news, I'm afraid, for, for the sorts of businesses you're talking about, because for two reasons. One is that when the commuters do go back, as I mentioned previously, I think it's unlikely that they're going to go back 100% in the way that they came in every single day, most of them um, before the pandemic. I mean, as I said, I think it's more likely they'll be coming in three, four days a week. So that's immediately maybe 20 to 30%, maybe more of their of their sort of commuter business taken away. Of course, the other section of their business, the foreign tourists, who knows when they'll be coming back? And they also are, um, are massive spenders in central London on coffee shops, sandwich shops, hotels, bars, restaurants. And at the moment, London is obviously a, an island that is not allowing foreign tourists in, into the country in any sort of numbers whatsoever. I see. And of course, there's the issue of companies with those multi-million pound leases on skyscrapers burning holes in their pockets in places like Canary Wharf. Yeah, I, I think Canary Wharf is, is a very interesting kind of case study because it, it is a, a absolutely vast, predominantly office-based development that relies on highly paid people, sort of, you know, like the tide, washing in every morning and washing out again every evening. And as I understand it, levels of occupancy in, in Canary Wharf over the last year have been down, you know, 80, 90 percent. And how quickly that comes back in a, an environment that is overwhelmingly office based still, although they are trying to reinvent themselves as much more of a, of a residential retail destination. But that, that's going to take time. So I, I think the future for Canary Wharf are those huge uh, lift-based blocks as well, where you know social distancing is a disaster because obviously you can only transport a certain number of people at a time. Until we get full the full removal of social distancing, that I think you know Canary Wharf is is really going to find it hard going, um, and um, you would hope that um, their, their pivot to sort of residential will, will help that. But I, yeah, I think it's going to be tough in the short term. That's really interesting. And your other big story on Monday is the post-lockdown money starting to trickle back into London's retail and hospitality sectors. Hopefully this means after-work pints on the pavement soonish. I'm very much looking forward to my first after-work pint with my colleagues, Mark, including you. So um, I, I think those rituals that we 
sort of took for granted but now miss very very much are, are getting close again let's hope so but of course there are many many londoners who haven't been able to work from home over the pandemic do the ons figures provide any insight on their working patterns that's a very good question in fact it doesn't it, this study only looks at the people who who've been working from home through the pandemic but it's it's a very good point and i think you know those people that carried on were forced to carry on absolutely all the way through the pandemic because obviously tube drivers can't work from home shop workers in our supermarkets can't work from home the posties can't work from home all those people who absolutely had to tough it out even during the worst days and weeks of the pandemic this january and 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 last uh, march and april hats off to them really and I, I hear what you say i think they they really do deserve our thanks and our gratitude for carrying on in jobs often involving facing the public day in day out. I think shop workers in particular, supermarket workers, I think are some of the unsung heroes. But no, they weren't part of this study today, but may- maybe the ONS will look at their experience in a- on another day. We have much more on this story in the newspaper and at standard.co.uk. Follow the live blog for breaking news. That's The Leader. We're back at 4pm on Tuesday. <laughs>